EO Fire 1190. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Are you ready to set and accomplish your number one goal in 100 days? Visit thefreedomjournal.com and ignite. Entrepreneurs, near and far, JLD here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Jordan Harbinger. Jordan, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, sir. Yes. Jordan has spent several years abroad in Europe in the developing world, including South America, Eastern Europe, and the Middle East. He speaks several languages. He's also worked for various governments and NGOs overseas, traveled through war zones, check, and been kidnapped twice. He'll tell you the only reason he's alive and kicking is because of his ability to talk his way into and out of just about any type of situation. At The Art of Charm, Jordan shares that experience and the system born as a result with students and clients. Jordan, take a minute, fill in any gaps in that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Sure. Yeah. It's funny because the the talk your way into and out of, it <laughs> probably it should just be into and then wish your way out of because... <laughs> I'm sometimes not sure if they're just like, this guy's never going to stop talking, Let just kick him out of the car or whatever um, type of situation. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the bio thing is always funny because when you hear it, you're like, I remember writing that. And and sometimes you're like, what was I thinking? Like, I got to redo that. And then, it was so funny then. <laughs> yeah. Like at that point, it sounded so clever. And now that someone's reading it back to me, I just feel kind of like awkward about it. <laughs> you know? So we were talking a little bit in the pre-chat about you loving exercise, but it's raining today. So how often do you like to bike? I like to bike as much as humanly possible. I would bike every day. And the only thing that stopped, there's two things that stop me from biking. Rain, because the trails that I go on are, are kind of, they turn into like ice skating rinks as soon as there's any moisture, because it's California. So there's all that fine dust everywhere that turns into like a crazy slick. And it's just too dangerous. And the other thing that'll stop me is misprioritizing some sort of event over it and then going, why did I go to that instead of biking? <laughs> so, and I think, I think um, a lot of people do that as entrepreneurs. I won't go off on too big of a tangent here, but if you don't start treating your workouts or at least the things that you do to take care of yourself like business meetings, you end up totally screwed because you, of course, you're going to prioritize something that you think is business priority over something that you think is personal and or luxury. And so what happens, what happened to me was I woke up six months later and I was like, I haven't done any exercise other than like walking to the grocery store across the street in a long time. And I think that's actually a perfect segue into what I want to kind of get into is that like if you want to become a consistent biker, if you want to do this thing, you can't just say, hey, I want to bike because then you will wake up six months later and nothing will have happened. You need to know how to actually set and accomplish goals. And that's kind of what we're focused on here, Jordan, with this 33 days of the Freedom Journal campaign and just getting people all about here in early 2016, setting and accomplishing goals. So can you kind of talk a little bit about why goals are important to you in your life? Sure, yeah. I, going back to the biking analogy, which we'll beat to death and people will be sick oh, of, I, I promise, by the end. You can wake up, if you don't have the right type of goals or you don't prioritize your goals in the right way, uh, kind of like what I was saying earlier about treating working out or, or self-care, I guess you could say, yeah. like business meetings in terms of priority, you, you will wake up six months later and you will have 
a new bike or no bike, right? That, but you know the thing you have in your garage that every time you see it, you feel an, just remorsefully <laughs> shameful because you're like, I remember buying that and I had the best. It's just good intentions. That's my stand-up paddleboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should mention that. My, do you know jo- Arstel? Oh, uh, yeah. That was, so <laughs> he's like, we were joking the other day about how many people have them versus how many people use them. And he's like, people in Wisconsin order these. And I'm like, where are you going to use this? <laughs> bathtub? <laughs> Well, I live three feet from a beautiful, perfect bay to use a stand-up paddleboard, and I never use it. (laughs) So funny. It's funny because we're all guilty of this. Everybody I know that even like the highest gunning, you can get these like super intense personality Tim Ferriss guys on there, and they just have more of this because they're even busier. (laughs) He's probably got two stand-up paddleboards and two mountain bikes that are in his garage. So it's really funny to hear. And and the prioritizing for me is, is kind of my chief goal setting tidbit or or word of wisdom because everybody can go all right i wrote the goals down and they're on a whiteboard and they're measurable and they're attainable the smart goal sort of formula but the the problem is people will then go oh but man i just you know i just don't have time like Mm. the thing is uh, it's actionable and it's measurable and it's realistic and relevant and all this other stuff but you know look at my calendar and i i I'll actually, one of the first questions I will do in the rare instances where I do coach people on productivity or business stuff is I'll say, show me your calendar. And they'll go, oh, well, you know, I don't really need that because I have like, you know, I just know everything that's going to happen that day. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) there's your first problem because I used to be like that uh, maybe five years ago, get up around 11, 2 p.m., you start your work day, you get a bunch of non-important crap done, you go to the gym, and then you're like, oh, I didn't do anything today, I gotta get up early tomorrow and just hit it. (laughs) And then three years later, you're homeless or whatever, living on your mom's couch. And the reason is because you don't have a calendar, and it's not knowing what time things start, it's knowing exactly how much time you have during the day to get a certain amount of things done. And even that's not foolproof because you might block off an hour for something and then it takes two hours and you're totally out of luck, right? So I, my calendar is like my religion. If something is not on the calendar, I won't do it. And if something is on the calendar, it gets done no matter what, unless I'm, unless someone's bleeding. Right. That's or or like there's a hole in someone's in someone's <laughs> physical body. That thing is getting done. And for example, if there's anything, if there's a blank space and I do something in that spot, I make a calendar entry for it because I want to be able to go. Oh, okay, this is the time that this got done. It's basically a record of everything I do. And the other reason that it's important is I can people entrepreneurs especially are guilty of of the following. And I know I was. They'll go all right, so I've got to do some kind of exercise because not only do I need to X, Y, Z, lose weight, be more productive, but I also need to do the self-care thing. So they get up early and they go biking for a week and it's the same old story, then it fades away. But if you put biking on that calendar and it's at 8 a.m. and it goes till 10 a.m., then even if you only bike for an hour, you have a little bit extra time, get ready, shower, it got done. And it's you, it got done because it was planned for, because enough time was planned for it. And because when somebody used your schedule once or whatever you used to schedule, they didn't go, oh, I see you're free at this random morning time, which torpedoes your plans for self-care. And so many entrepreneurs do this. They don't make time for it because it's considered something that you do in your free time and not something that you do instead of 
sitting at your desk and working, and therefore it just never gets done. I, tell me if this has ever happened to you. You're like, oh, I have a four-hour block in the afternoon. This is great. Let me grab Kate. We're going to go out to eat, and we're going to go for a walk, and we're going to go to the beach and use my stand-up paddleboard. And then Jordan Harbinger like <laughs> schedules a 20-minute window in the middle of it. And you're right like, in the middle, and it ruins everything. I can't go now because I got to talk to Jordan. And, and she's like, okay. And then you both end up sitting around, or, or she goes off without you, and you're, wait, you're like checking your watch and reading, waiting for this dumb call. And then, and then Jordan I, bails. And I bail. I'm like, sir, doing my stand-up paddleboard. Peace. Oh, I love that we're beating the stand-up paddleboard thing to more to death now than biking. Yeah. It's hysterical. Yeah, I just want you to never forget <laughs> yeah. the garage. Jordan, sure. so do you know those those people in your life where you're just like, I just get like their sense of humor. Like their comedy to me is just hysterical. Do you know those people? I, I do. and Well, let me break in here because I just want to say that you are like that person for me. And it's like you, I, Chase Reeves, there's a couple other people where I just hear you guys talk. And what you say is like, to me, it's it's pure comedy genius. And that's why I have a hard time. And I'm going to fire nation. You're not even going to realize how often I laugh because I'm going to have to go back and like just silence out some of my laughs because it's, I sound like a little schoolgirl just like at this like sync concert or something. And like, I felt the same way when I was at your talk at podcasting when I was like in the front row, I'm just like laughing at everything. I'm like, why isn't everybody laughing at every, I mean, you got a lot of laughs, but I'm like, people should be laughing at everything this guy's saying. And like, that's to me, like the kind of humor. It's a totally side bent side rant. I just wanted to, to share that with you publicly. But what I really want to move into, Jordan, and get really intense about for one second is a story about you, about a time that you set a goal at some point in your journey. And just like talk to us about that. Like, what did that look like? And did you accomplish that? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because when you gave me the sheet uh, to, to prep and, and think about the goal, I was like, man, I got goals all day. And then I sat down and <laughs> forgot every single one of them. And, and I had to ask um, my assistant and my girlfriend and my producer who happened to be in the car driving with me um, the other night. I was like, I need a smart goal. Yeah. And like you have tons of those. And I was like, yeah, can you name one real quick? Because I can't. And because I have the process kind of built in so much that I don't even maybe think about them as goals because they go, right. in, again, they go into the calendar and I don't really look at it other than the tracking and measuring. And um, they're like, well, what about your iTunes reviews thing? And that was like the first thing. And I go, of course, that. And it's super relevant to your the, the Fire Nation as well, your audience, because everybody, one of the chief struggles is how do I get more iTunes reviews? And the conventional wisdom, which is actually very correct, is look, you got to ask people. You got to ask on the show and you got to ask them here and you got to have them do this and there's contests. And I tried all of that stuff and it's great because you do it once or twice and you're like, man, I got like 25 iTunes reviews and I went on the Fire Nation community and I got like 100, <laughs> 200 more and, and all that stuff and, and it's super powerful, but then it you know fades away and you go, oh man, I was so in the iTunes top 100 for a minute. That was so cool. So what I started doing was I, I was already answering pretty much every email that I get from every show fan, which takes a, as long much time as you can imagine that it does. And it's just important to me to do that. And at the end of the conversation, not not built into my email signature, but like as a shortcut so that I don't forget. Um, it's it's like, hey, please review the show on iTunes. Thanks for writing me this lovely note. Like I'll, I'll write them back because they're like, if there's anything I can ever do, let me know. And I'm always like, yeah, there's probably nothing. And I'm like, why am I doing that? All these people are writing in with appreciate, appreciation. Hey, thanks for telling me. Tell the whole world using iTunes. And then I, I actually made a page that has instructions on how to do that because you and I, you might know this, but a lot of folks listening don't know 
that once you figure out how to use iTunes, it's easy. So many people don't even know they have an iTunes account that's with their email and that they can review things. They're like, you can review shows? Oh my gosh, I have so many shows I want to write five stars reviews for, including yours. And you just, I did that for years and I still do that. So people are like, man, how did you, I recently hit the 5,000 5, mark. 5,000, I, I noticed that. I noticed these things. And, and somebody, uh, I, I, somebody told me that because I, I check every week, but I, I hadn't checked like two days before. And I was like, oh my God, not only did we cross over the 5,000 mark, we ended up, the next day was like 527 because I posted it on Twitter and Facebook. And I was like, if you haven't reviewed us yet, now's the time. You could be number 5,000. <laughs> so like 30 of the 96,000 people that saw that Facebook post were like, eh, okay. And, and the, <laughs> The, the the what do you call it? The conversion rate is so low for people actually doing what they say they're totally. going to do, let alone knowing how to do it. That increasing that for me, making that something like okay, my goal is this, and it, the goal was evolving. Right, first it was like a thousand, then it was two thousand, and then it was every five hundred or something, so that you don't have to wait a year to cross each each <laughs> landmark. And five thousand was it, it came up before I even thought that it might. Like it just showed up kind of out of nowhere, and. I was like, oh my God, we're really, really close to this milestone. And I called my producer, Jason, all excited about it. And uh, he came up with the social media post idea. But you got to lower, this is maybe a tangent, but very relevant. You got to lower those barriers. Because I used to just ask people how to review in iTunes and they go, sure. And it was such a low conversion rate and, and still is. And then finally, some people wrote back and they were like, yeah, you know, when you told me to do that, I just don't know how. And I was like, oh my gosh, probably 90% of the people I'm asking to do this have no idea how. So you make it easier for them, and man, I wish Apple would make it easier to review for your phone, <laughs> frankly. Um, and and so I, I just I was so consistent asking people how to do it, and the way that you know you're consistent enough is because people go, yes, I wrote you last month and you asked me to do this, and I wrote you the month before and you asked me to do this, and I did it three years ago because you asked me on <laughs> Facebook, and I will do it again if you want. And I'm like, no, you, you can only do one, but okay, covered that guy. Next, you know? <laughs> And, um, and it's, it's really a delicate balance between being super annoying about it. Cause there are people that go, Oh God, you've asked me this like 10 times. And, and there's two kinds of those people. Oh man, you've asked me this like 10 times. I did it a super long time ago. Here's a screenshot. Leave me the heck alone. And there's other people who go, Oh, okay. You've asked me like 10 times. You know what? I'll actually do it this time. And then they do. And you go, okay, this is actually kind of the right tactic. So it's it's part badgering, but you have to deliver enough value when you do that to get away with it. Because if you're just, you know, if you're just mailing your list with like reviewing <laughs> iTunes, people are like, unsubscribe, you wanker. But right. if you are consistent with it and they're like, hey, thanks for writing back. That's cool. Thanks for rever referring me to the books that you read that helped you with this problem. And you're like, write me an iTunes review. They're like, oh, yeah, okay. I owe you at least that. So it's good for me, not only getting reviews, but it's sort of a thing where, okay, look, constantly provide value because the return's pretty real for me, right? I might get a review out of it, and, and that's enough, right? That's all we can really ask for is that, and, and that's been one of the, the chief reasons why um, we've been able to, to move up so, so much with the iTunes reviews is just straight up, like I said, half badgering, half hustling, and uh, mostly organizing that process. 
I love it. And it's really clear to me now why you have 5,000 plus reviews. I was literally on there the other day being like, oh my God, like this guy is just blowing away everybody. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is, you know, Tim Ferriss, Dave Ramsey. I mean, just huge numbers of reviews because you've made it a goal. And one thing that I actually do, Jordan, that's, that's pretty similar to what you do. And, you know, for me, I think it kind of dissuades people from getting annoyed when they get it, the message a couple of times is I actually just kind of sign off JLD. Then I have like this little line that goes, uh, underneath. And then it just says, Hey, if you want to leave an, an iTunes uh, rating or review, you can click right here. And so for a lot of people, they'll say, Oh, that like, reminds me, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And for people that have already done it, they're going to be like, Oh, like that's just kind of part of John's signature line, but not really part of it. So that's been kind of a big help for me when that, cause I can definitely see where people are like, dude, don't you remember me? Like you asked me to do this six months ago. And I'm like, Oh, I love you, but I don't remember actually asking you six months ago. Like, and I, and I do apologize for that. And Jordan, We've been hanging out a little bit over the past few months. I mean, you were at Podcast Movement, Thrive in Las Vegas. I know that you have a lot of exciting things going on, but can you just take a minute and share with Fire Nation the one thing that you are more excited about than anything else right now? Uh, well, I'm fresh off of an appearance on Adam Carolla last night. What? Yeah. Is that so live? That, it was live. Oh. It, it, the show is live now today, but the show was live in front of a huge audience of people in Napa last night. Wow. I'm downloading yeah. it right now. It was it was fun. I say like five words because it's the Adam Cole oh, okay. show and it's about him, right? So like <laughs> I say five like, words. Adam wants to interview you on stage, and my friends are, are they work with a couple guys work with Adam Carolla or have worked with him in the past on stuff, and they're like, oh yeah, no no no, he's performing on stage. You're going to be there as an invited guest. You're the guest on the podcast, but don't expect the show to be about you. It's it's still going to be the Adam Carolla show, and you get to make a couple jokes, and he'll probably like make fun of you a little bit and. Then he'll go, Art of Charm, everybody, and that's it. But it's <laughs> Oh, he does have 19,000 reviews. I just saw that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the other thing is that you're going to say, you're killing everybody. I was like, well... Wait, but let's, get, let's give you some credit here, too. Like, you're playing yourself down. The title of the episode is Jordan Harbinger Live from the Uptown Theater in Napa. Yeah, that was a pretty good... When I saw that, I was <laughs> yeah. like, wow. User high five over the internet. I, yes. I, whoever names the files, I got to be like, dude, I owe you a serious beer <laughs> and or a case of beer for this file name. The Google juice is going to be cool with that. So the uh, episode is an hour and 31 minutes. And, and what are you guessing that your airtime is on that? I, I, it's definitely under two and a half minutes. <laughs> that's so awesome. You got the title from that. That's so, oh, that's amazing. What it should say is Jordan Harbinger as a piece of furniture live on Adam. <laughs> He is Adam Carolla's armchair. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why'd you give me three bottles? Of- oh, because that's the only thing I will have to do on the show. Water. <laughs> three bottles of water. And then he's going to watch you squirm as you have to pee for the next one hour and 29 minutes. I love that. Yeah, well, whenever you go, whenever I go up in front of a live audience, I have to go to the bathroom like 14 times. Oh, and, I'm the worst. And, and then the second I get up there, I look at everybody and I'm like, oh, man, there's just a little bit left in the blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's awful. <laughs> Fire Nation, you are not going to want to miss the Freedom Round that's coming right up, but we're going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. Fire Nation, it's me, it's JLD, and I just wanted to take these sponsorship slots as an opportunity to say thank you. Thank you for listening to EO Fire for 1,000 episodes or one episode or anywhere in between because it means the world that you listen, that you're inspired by my guests, you're enjoying the content, the show, and I don't always get the chance to thank you. So I wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you for pressing the play button. Thank you for listening to EO Fire. Thank you 
for just being you. And I cannot wait to see you knock over that big domino in your life that's right there in front of you that's going to start that chain reaction of awesome. Fire Nation, you got this. Let's do this. Jordan, are you prepared for the Freedom Rounds? I'm prepared for anything. (laughs) Why do you feel that most entrepreneurs fail to set smart goals? I was researching this the other day and I I looked at this really carefully and I I wanted to pick the the little characteristic, the element of smart goals that I thought was the least tangible and that was relevant. Yes. And the reason is because it's cool to do stuff and fun to do stuff often, especially when you're starting out, that's not actually relevant. So... I'm still guilty of this because there's like these vanity metrics like, look how many Twitter followers I have. Look Mm. how many Instagram followers I have. And and sure, there's plenty of people that you and I both know who are like, whoa, slow your roll, buddy. Instagram converts really well for me. But I remember focusing five, six years ago like, okay, I got to add everybody on Facebook that might know about the Art of Charm and I'm going to add people that don't know and tell them about it. And I'm going to fill up all my Facebook friends. And then you find out there's a limit of friends and you're like, oh, there's all these people I don't know in my newsfeed. This sucks. And you focus on things like that because it sort of makes you feel good and you feel like you're doing something because it is actionable. It is measurable. It is attainable to get 5,000 friends on Facebook. The problem is it doesn't do anything for you. And uh, I was talking with Ramit Sethi like a million years ago and we were talking about Twitter because we were at some thing where the person talking on the stage was like, Twitter is great. You can make tons of sales on Twitter. I wrote a book about how to convert on Twitter. And me and him were like, have you ever sold anything on Twitter that's over like $13? And he's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it does not convert when you test it. When you actually put it through the rigorous tests that smart online marketers like yourself do, you, you've probably tested many things that you think in your heart of hearts, you're like, this is going to be amazing. And I'll pick on Twitter again, even though I have no data for this for you, obviously. Like, I'm going to get like 100,000 Twitter followers and it's going to be amazing and this is going to be so great and it's going to work so well and be this big thing for me. And then you run your Twitter tests and you write some Twitter copy and you make your landing page for Twitter people and you're like, oh, that totally flopped. I'm very surprised. And you get that from testing. But what you don't get is when you start picking these irrelevant goals and you get addicted to them because they make you feel good or they're easy that you can spend all day on social media becoming more social or whatever, and you look at your clout (laughs) score, which doesn't actually help your bank account, you can really fail. And I know tons of entrepreneurs who are like, look at what we did this year. We printed up 10,000 t-shirts and we gave away 18,000 business cards and we ran 25 events. And I'm like, cool, how how many people signed up to your email list or how many people bought what you were selling? And they're like, well, look, man, we're early, we're we're pre-revenue right now. (laughs) Pre-revenue. Oh, crap. Yeah, it's scary because you go, oh, shoot, your goals were totally irrelevant. It was vanity metrics and looking cool and looking like you have a great hard work ethic so you can raise capital. But really, you're, How's your, how's your, this is, here's a classic and short example. I got a friend who's a a venture capitalist, VC, and he sees so many pitches. One of the reasons that he dings pitches much of the time is you'll see these hardware startups or something, or even software startups, and they'll have an amazing pitch deck and an amazing, amazing website and a 3D fold it yourself metal business card that like also includes bonus lock picks or something. And you see this and you're like, this is so cool. And you go, where's the prototype of the product? I got to check it out. And like, well, we don't have that yet. We're really waiting 
waiting for, and you go, wait, you spent 180 grand on a website and promotional material and the prototype does not exist yet? What? And it's because they focused on these, frankly, irrelevant goals of sort of presenting something that they don't even know if it's going to work. And if they're lucky enough to even get to prototype stage, they've got to change the website. Because if you've ever invented anything, you know that the thing you drew on the website and made a 3D model for, that's version one, man. You, that's not what the thing that comes back from China's factory is going to look like and do. So it, it, they will go out of business and exhaust all of their seed capital doing stuff like that because of irrelevant goals. Yeah, I mean, I can even speak from personal experience with the Freedom Journal. The amount of times I had to go back and forth with them and they were just flying these books over to me one at a time, I'm just like, no, like it, it's a process. So I totally get that. But let's say they do set goals, Jordan. What's the most important action that an entrepreneur can do once they actually have set a goal? This sounds so stupid and simple, so I, I hope that people sort of realize that I realize that, but the problem that people have that I've seen, because I have the exact same problem myself, was you can set the goal, you can make it relevant, you can make it measurable, you can make it actionable, you can make it attainable, all those, all the elements of SMART, and then you go, oh, but I just don't have time because I've got to do all these other SMART goals. So if if I can sort of be weirdly meta slash inception-y here, a lot of people will set too many smart goals or just too many goals in general. It doesn't matter if they're actually smart goals or not. They'll set too many and they go, oh, I've got to prioritize these now. And we then we end up back at the prioritization problem where one guy's like, we've got to focus on building our email list. And the other guy goes, no, we need a product to sell to this email <laughs> list or we're wasting our time. And the other guy goes, no, dude, Twitter followers, that's how we get bigger names to retweet us and get people to come to our website. And you end up with, and that can also be one person just with conflicting ideas in their head. And then you end up spending one morning working on your Twitter and one morning working on your prototype product and one morning working on your website. And then you go, oh man, I didn't accomplish any of my goals because you know my timelines got all screwed up because I was working on that. And you just, you run out of time and you run out of steam. And so I'm not saying focus on one goal at a time and accomplish that and be done with it completely because I think that's unrealistic, even if it's in an ideal situation, very wise. It, it doesn't seem doable, but you cannot, you cannot say, these five things are our number one priority here at The Art of Charm. It just it doesn't work in English, language, and grammar, and it doesn't work in reality either. Well, Jordan, I don't want to keep you from your goals, brother, because you have a lot of awesome things coming up in 2016 that I'm really excited for Fire Nation to be tuning into because, again, you're just a guy that's out there doing it every single day. So let's just end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance from you, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. One of the mottos of the Art of Charm is leave everything and everyone better than you found them. And it's it's so hard to do that because sometimes you just need to, like you feel like you need to throat punch somebody, <laughs> even if it's yourself. Um, but not only should you be leaving everything and everyone better than you found them, but you should include yourself in that, going back to the self-care thing. A lot of us as entrepreneurs, we feel like we have to do everything. We're very hard on ourselves because we're high achievers, generally speaking. And if we don't follow through on a goal, often people will say, I just know I can't do this now because I didn't make it happen. And failure is okay, even if you had everything else going for you, there's gonna be a time in which you go, I just don't wanna do that anymore. And sometimes that has to be okay. And how can we find you? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm at the Art of Charm. So the Art of Charm podcast is where we're at since you're already listening to a yeah. podcast. And people can always email me. I'm jordan at theartofcharm.com. And I read everything and I reply to everything that's not outright blatantly insulting <laughs> and throat punch worthy. I should, <laughs> should go back to that. But, you know, if people are like, well, wait, what about this? I will gladly reply, even if it's just pointing to some other sort of resource like, hey, listen to this because it explains and uh, so I'm very contactable for sure. And he'll kindly ask you for an iTunes rating and review, Fire Nation. So get out there and listen to the podcast first. Thank you. So Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with JH and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Jordan in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up. He did a killer episode not too long ago on EO Fire that you can listen to for his worst moments, for his aha moments and so much more. And Jordan, I just want to thank you, brother, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for the opportunity. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. If you're looking for an all-in-one podcasting solution, allow me to introduce podcast websites. Website hosting, audio hosting, support security backup, all in one. Visit podcastwebsites.com and schedule a call to learn more and ignite.